Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to The Spilled Tea, your place for the latest on pop culture, entertainment news, and LGBT issues. Now, here are your hosts. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of The Spilled Tea. I am one of your hosts, Emmy Morgan. And, of course, we always start with a catch-up. So, um, what have I done over the past week? The past week has just been me. Still, I am binge-watching Days of Our Lives. Here's why. This is what I, why I actually started doing it. They are bringing back the devil. Back in the 90s, there was a head writer named James E. Riley. He is the one that created the show Passion. He, um, he created this storyline where Dr. Marlena Evans gets possessed by the devil. And at the time, Dr. Marlena Evans was like the saint of the show. So for her to get possessed by the devil was like, shocking. They'd never done anything like this on daytime. So I started um, watching it while I was in college. Fast forward to now, um, when Beyond Salem came out, I heard rumors that they're going to bring back the devil. I mean, I love soap operas. So I started binge watching Days of Our Lives all over again. And so now I'm at March 1st, 2021. I'm I'm getting there. Um, But hopefully I'll be done and caught up by the end of this month because they already started bringing the devil back. And then like the devil, the devil came in one of the older characters, one of the oldest characters on the show. He's 94 and he, um, he has dementia on the show. So he got possessed by the devil first. And then when he goes to Dr. Marlena Evans, who's a therapist, um, the devil says something to the effect of, you thought I was gone and now I'm back. So I cannot wait. I am so excited. Um, but, yeah, that's been the majority of what I, what I did. Oh, and I got a very bad pedicure. So those are the only two things that happened to me last week. Veronica, what, what, did, you, um, what did you do last week? Mm, well, so I got a grant to, uh, from the city to put on a, a, you know, a reading, um, and I chose, I'm going to do, like, a modern, like, all POC version of Romeo and Juliet, so I've been, mm-hmm. like, scrambling to get it, like, find a venue and everything, um, but I finally locked down a venue yesterday, and it's, like, really cool space. It's, like, nice. a, like a, it kind of, like, it's, like, a bar that kind of looks like Moulin Rouge. Oh, okay. So, it's. So, yeah, so we'll have a reading. There's going to be, like, happy hour specials and, like, cocktails called, like, low potion. It's going to be really, really neat and, like, unique. And when you do reading, is that kind of, like, because I never understood readings and I never understood audiobooks. Do you go into different voices for everybody else or do you just, like, straight read it? Uh, so for typical play readings, you could do different voices if you're playing multiple characters. Mm-hmm. But it's, like, it's more of just like, you know, because I'm trying to develop a, a modern script, so I just want to like hear it out loud, and I, I'm going to cast Got a bunch it. of actors to play multiple roles. Oh, uh, okay. Got it. 
I got it now. So it's more like it's like a physical, emotional energy. If you want to do a voice, you can. Just as long as it's not like it, it still has to feel within the vein of the character. It's almost like a table read for a script. Exactly, because it's like a, it's all okay. on, on book. Like you read from scripts. Got it. Okay, and then you like, cool. you know, and then we'll have like a small discussion afterwards to you know talk about it with drinks for the happy hour. Nice. So that's really exciting. That is cool. Congrats. That's amazing. Yeah, it's like I've been wanting to do work on this, like, my modern, diverse version of uh, Romeo and Juliet for a while. So it's, like, cool to finally, like, get a grant to develop it. And I think we need to go back. And I, and I know some people are like, well, why do we do this? I think we need to go back and take some of these classics, like, I don't know, I'm going to say it, like Titanic, and, and make them multicultural because there was literally, there's so much more that could be told when stories are developed in a different type of way and casting them differently. I don't know. I just, I, I totally support this movement. Anything else you had going on? Or is that what, like the biggest thing that happened? I feel like that's been stuck in all my time. Also, I've been yeah. kind of right because I have a show from my sketch comedy team, and um, we're doing like a movie-themed uh, night of sketch comedy. So we're trying to nice. like, like I'm working on a sketch that like mashes up um, Pride and Prejudice with the Mary mm-hmm. story that starred. Um, oh boy, uh, what's his face from Adam Driver? Mm-hmm. And Adam Driver, yes, and ScarJo. Right. Wow. Oh, that was an intense movie. Oh, don't say ScarJo around Joe. He loved him <laughs> from ScarJo. Don't well, know we why, had but whatever. Have a high feel yeah, we her, did. So. <laughs> but it's more like more focused on like, because like, I just feel like Mr. Darcy was like toxic in his relationship mm-hmm. with women. So that's why I mashed it up with Marriage Story, because that was a very toxic relationship. Very toxic. Joseph, what have you got going on? Oh, well, um, I have returned from, uh, from Las Vegas. It was, um, it was a great, it was a great little escape. I got to go to the the game on Monday and, and to anyone that, that, uh, is a football fan, that was probably one of the best games, uh, in the last several years, if not, um, one of the best Monday night games of all time, in my humble opinion. It was very exciting first week of the season. So, as a Raiders fan, it was very, um, very fulfilling to be able to go to the game, see it live. Everybody there was vaccinated. It was just a really great opportunity to um, to see their great seats, etc. And it turned out to be an unbelievable game. So, um, now I'm back home. Mm-hmm. Happy to uh, to be back home with the fam. Got back into work. Work is no shortage of uh, drama. So. Mm-hmm. You know, just back back to the grind and um, and dealing with you know people drinking uh, drinking bottles of vodka and, and disguised as Poland Spring at their desk. You know, she's stop it. Oh, the, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I have a story like this every week. If you want me to share my HR stories every week, they're, they're, they're we probably have to add another hour to the show. We should do a web series. Trouble, so maybe you should. <laughs> yeah, definitely well, a web series. Wait, wait, so it's we'll like fictionalize it. Yeah, oh, okay. so that would be really okay. fun. Yeah, I don't, like I don't, HR I don't horror stories. Okay. Exactly, and you can change details. 
Wow. No, I can't change. If I leave out some of these details or modify them, it just does not give you an appreciation for the shenanigans. Well, like the names and like, you know what I mean? Like personal details. They, they, yeah. they would identify themselves. Sometimes I will not some things happen in life locations. that some, some things in life happen and you're just like, I couldn't make this up. I literally could not make this up. And if I tried, I wouldn't be able to make it so amazingly crazy. Um, yeah. Is your work like the office? Because that's an HR nightmare. So in, in, in HR itself, our, the, 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 the daily routine is probably like, uh, if you could imagine a group of gyms, and Pam's. Oh, yeah. oh, boy. So we're all, in HR, we're just all, like, looking at what's happening and making jokes about it all and trying to keep a straight so there's face no, the whole time. What about time. Toby? What about Toby? He was the HR person that would watch it but, like, sigh because he couldn't do anything about it to stop it. Yeah, so we, we can do stuff about certain issues. Um, mm. So I don't, feel as, I don't feel as powerless as Toby does. Um, but it's, 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 it's similar in that, you know, that you, you see the dynamics of, and there's all these, all these different characters in the office are like very fair and accurate representations of like certain people in real life. So that makes it so much more entertaining. Well, boy. Um, well, one thing that happened to me that I forgot to fully dive into I go to this place, and I get a mani-pedi every time I go. Routine stuff. Maybe they're a little bit rough with my toes more than my fingers, but whatever. That's standard. I went to this woman, and she takes out her sander. And anybody who knows pedicure and manicures, they know what I'm talking about. A sander is to take off the gel. If you have polish, you just use acetone with a cotton ball. So I go, no, no, no. This was just polish. You don't need a sander. She goes, oh. And then she proceeded to sand my, my toenails. And I'm like, <gasps> she's like literally sanding off a layer of my toenail because there's no polish. There. I mean, there's no gel there. The sander takes literally off the gel. So I'm like, oh my God, this is, this is not good. And then she broke my fucking toenail. I'm like, and I go, just cut it. It's fine. Just cut it. She goes, okay. She stands up, goes, gets glue and glues it. I'm like, she does not understand what I'm saying right now. She literally has no clue what I'm saying. You were so patient. I would have been like, next. I was very patient. It gets better. And so then she does my nails and I kid you not, she did this. I'm watching the whole thing. (laughs) She starts cutting above my nail. To make it look like she's cutting my nail. And I'm just staring at her like, what the fuck? And then she looked like, at my like, pinky like, toe. Like fake? Like fake cutting like my nail. Like trying to fake you out? Yes. And so I'm like, what the fuck is she doing? And then she, so nuts. she went to go cut my pinky toe toenail and then just decided, eh, nah. And I'm like, wait, what is she doing? I thought I was being, I was looking around for cameras. The guy next to me who was doing 
um, somebody else's nails looked at me in the eye, and I looked at him, and I gave him the signal, like, what the fuck is going on? So then um, she starts painting my nail. First of all, my nail color, my fault. It's, like, pinkish, but, like, a little bit, like, bright pink. Probably should have got it in the beginning of summer. Not really a winter thing. Whatever. It's fine. Um, I said to myself, how am I going to get out of this? Because she's going to do my manicure. And if she cuts my cuticle and breaks skin, I'm going to flip the fuck out. So there was this guy that I had before. He walked by. And I was like, just do it. Just do it. I go, excuse me. Um, can I have that white polish for my nails? He goes, yeah, sure. I go, can you do it? He goes, oh, oh, she can do your, your uh, manicure. I go, no, no. Can you? And I just hung there for a second, and he goes, yeah, sure. And then he started doing my nails, and he even went to go get the sander. I said, no, this is polish. And he went to go get the acetone, and he took the polish off. He did my nails and everything. And the lady left, and when the lady left, I go, that was the worst pedicure I have ever had in my life. And he goes, oh, I'm sorry. And then we get to his station, and he does, finishes my nails. We chit-chat. And he goes to me, so that lady that did your pedicure was actually my mother. Oh. And I go, oh. And that's all I said. I couldn't add anything. What am I supposed to say? Your mom needs a new job? And so I was yeah, like, she oh, not be okay. Because what if she does it to other people? So then I leave. I'm about to leave. I pay, you know, um, for everything. And she's like, the lady says, um, oh, would you like to leave a tip for both of them? I said, no, no, no. Give that tip to him. I was not playing around. I was not playing around. And so he, she gave him the tip only. And, yeah, probably the worst experience I've ever had. Not going to lie. Oh, are you um, going to go back? My sister told me not to. But the thing is, like, I've been going place. there for a year. I've been going there for a year, and that's the first time I had bad service. So, I don't know. No, it's weird, though. It's his mom. It's his mom. And I, I said to him, I go, yeah, next time I come in, you're doing my nails if I see you here. I'm not letting anybody else do them. I don't know. I just got to say, for the record, they, yeah. They bring up the sander. They bring up the sander anytime I've gone and gotten a pedicure, because my my feet are janky. Wow, wow. I mean, yeah. mine aren't. I go every. every maybe month. Should, I, maybe you come to New York where they know how to do it. I know. True. And I like my. I mean, my nails look great. My toes look great. My my manicure looked great. Everything looks great. But she just. She was rough. She was rough. I don't know. Maybe she, and he goes. Oh, he said to me, "She doesn't have great eyes." I said, "Oh no." Oh, I'm thinking to myself. Yeah, no, that's no. what it she sounded like. Go. They they couldn't see. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh so you God. just gotta you, you just gotta you just gotta go back and not go to the same. Not go to her. That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm. If thinking. you've been going there for a year and you haven't had a problem, and nope. then all of a sudden, not one. She gets her hands on it. Then you mm-hmm. know that's. I think that's indicative of of her. And that's okay. And I'm going to be a bitch about it. I'm going to say, you know, if I see people that I've been to before and she's open, I'll be like, no, no, I'll wait. 
stop the event. I'm sorry. I mean, you can also make a reservation with the person that you like. You know, that's what I do. Oh, I didn't know that. I don't know their name. That's the thing. After a year, you don't know their name? No. I get a a few people and they don't have name tags. I just go to a few people, you know? I know, but you say their name when you introduce each other. I know my wife's manicurist. I know people at work manicurists. Okay, Joe, let's brag. I'm just telling Whatever. you, like, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta learn the names because I'm telling you that this is like an art form. There's, there's yeah, like the people you trust. They, you trust mm. them with your, you know, it's. I, I obviously it's been a while since I've had to use a, a, a hairdresser or a barber or anything like that. But those are the kind yeah, of I things you so. gotta develop a relationship. Oh my God! And they know you. You're getting too deep into Yeah. No, I'm yeah, there was one time about who does I my hair and who in. does my nails. There's one time I hadn't been in a while. She's like, oh, I haven't seen you in a while. I'm like, how does she know? And I was wearing a mask. I'm like, how does she fucking know? It was weird. I'm telling you, that's, that's critical. <sighs> yeah, I guess. All right, let's get into some of these topics. We're going to, um, just a preference, we're going to talk about Two really tough cases, um, Alex Murdoch and then the Gabby Petito. Petito, is that how you say it? I believe um, it's Petito, yeah. Petito. But let's get into something kind of a little bit lighthearted. The Boston um, mayoral race is going to be historic. Even if these women don't win, it's still historic. There are two women of Asian descent, Michelle Wu and Anissa, oh God, I'm going to tear up her name, so I'm not going to, Anissa George, I'll say. Um, Holy crap, this is like historic. I immediately thought, (laughs) and it's only because of what we were talking about last week, but I did think of Veronica when when I saw this, because I was like, holy crap, that's amazing. I kind of wish I still lived in Boston so I could put in a vote, but I don't. Um, do you, my question to both of you is, do you think that this is a sign of things that are changing? Veronica, I'll start with you. Yeah, for sure, for Boston, because I remember, like, when I used to, like, visit Boston, because I had friends that were going to school there, and I was like, oh, mm-hmm. this place is so racist. You know, yeah, it's like, it's like <laughs> it's I'm not so used to going to like a major city and feeling like I stick out. So that's like so exciting that like we got like Asian women who are gonna probably be the next mayor. So and it's about so time. funny you say that because when I first went to Boston back in like 2005, I noticed there was a ton of Asian people everywhere, and I'm like, this is amazing. And then you know I moved to Quincy, and that's predominantly Asian. Um, I don't know. I guess I had a different experience. But I do agree. It's huge. This is a huge deal. Like, holy crap. I'm loving it. And I'm loving yeah, I mean, that first time woman of color ever happened. in, like, how many years? I know. I know. And that this happened I, I, I never thought Boston would do better than New York, you know? This happened <laughs> the same year as Shang-Chi. So it's like, this is crazy. This is really crazy. Um, Joe, what are your thoughts? 
Well, I think it's fantastic. I think in, in this situation, um, then, you know, you're, you're replacing Marty Walsh in, in, and uh, was it, a pretty uh, good man. Kim Jane. Kim Janey, who was um, who was the one who stepped in when he had to to step down for his new role um, yeah. as the acting mayor, was the first African American to serve as acting yep. mayor. Um, so, you know, we're, we're we're already talking about some pretty historic things happening there in Boston mm-hmm. in terms of a you know a largely you know at least in terms of how they've been recognized a largely white city. Um, yeah. And yeah, there's there's a certain element of racism that you know, especially if you've paid attention to sports, um, mm-hmm. there's an element of racism that has been you know kind of hand in hand with with the Boston sports scene and the New England sports mm-hmm. scene at large. Um, yeah. So it's to me again, and I I know I keep harping on this every time we have the opportunity to say it, but progress is progress. I'm excited. Yeah to see any type of progress, especially when we're talking about socially or racially. Um, so it's, I think it's a good thing, and they're both really, really good candidates. So I, I think no matter what, the city of Boston wins, which is great. Um, it mm-hmm. just moving us forward, moving us in a positive direction. Agreed. And just to let you both know, and everybody know, conversely... In California, <laughs> Caitlyn Jenner only got less than point one percent. No, she got point like six, less than one percent of the vote. It's like point six seven or something like that. Um, yeah. And I think that one of my friends said she's trans when it's convenient for her, and exactly. I have to agree with him to a, to an extent because I think she's always trans. I don't think she's ever going to get around that. But I think she pushes her, oh, well, I'm transgender, and I want to be the first governor. Um, yeah, but she's supporting but people it, and policies that are anti-trans, Thank though. you. Thank like, you. Like, that doesn't That's help you saying. by yeah. being trans. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And exactly. what I say to people like Caitlin is the same thing I say to people like Candace Owens. I'm okay with you being conservative. Obviously, it's your choice. But when you align yourself with people that are extreme conservatives, Candace, at the end of the day, if you piss them off, you're still the N-word to them. Caitlin, if you piss or them L- off, you're still elder. a tranny. You know? Like, these people don't get it. They don't get it. No, but it's crazy though, just, with the recall, we almost had elder. And he we was almost like had thought that. the reparation. We ha- almost oh, had yeah, Barry Elder, right. and he yeah. and he wanted to pay reparations not to the people who were slaves, but to the slave owners. Oh my God! And he's, yeah, he said some crazy you know what I mean? shit. Like, what the what hell? Like, he's definitely someone who's like a person of color who's not supporting people of color. Like you want to pay slave owners for what? And again. I've said it before, and I'll say it again, just like Joe said. There are people in the black community that probably back in the day would have told the slave masters where the slaves ran off to. You know what I mean? We're all in a group, and we're saying, oh, yeah, we're going to escape and blah, blah, blah. People like Mr. Elder, 
are the ones that would run to Massa and be like, oh, them N-words over there. They're going to escape over there, Massa. You know, like, I, I can just picture it. I can just picture it. But whatever, they'll learn. How sad is they'll that? definitely no. learn. How, huh? how sad is that? I said, how sad is that, though, that you have these I, these candidates that are, um, you know, yeah. that are... <laughs> are willing to, to say these outlandish things. But what's even scarier mm-hmm. is that they might, I would assume, especially with Larry Elder, he's not, he probably believes that. He probably legitimately mm-hmm. believes some of these crazy things that he's saying. And and frankly, that's probably the only way that Gavin Newsom um, doesn't have a real challenging race on his hands is because he's got such a nut job that he's, that he's running against. Yeah, so I think I'm not gonna lie though. I was still pretty nervous about that race. I was like calling over. I know, like, I know. You know, <laughs> all my California friends like, make sure you put in your vote. Why are you waiting till the last day? Put it in. Yeah, <laughs> We've seen that sometimes, especially after 45, crazy doesn't win anymore. Like I think people want change at first. That's why 45 was elected. They wanted change. Oh yeah, he's gonna change things. And then when he got there, they're like, "What the fuck did we do?" And so I think that there's a big swing back to, yeah, let's go for traditional. Let's let's go for real politics. Let's go for people who actually know what they're talking about. Um, or just like not unhinged. Not unhinged, right? Right. Yeah. Because. Unhinged is scary. Unhinged is very, very scary. Um, speaking of unhinged, Perez Hilton, we've talked at nauseum about him, um, but he has done an interview that said he is sorry for all the things he's done in the past, but he he said that he deserves the backlash he's getting and he doesn't think that he will ever be, um, his apology will ever be accepted. Um, so my question to both of you, would you ever forgive a bully if they asked for forgiveness? I'll start with you, Joe. Well, I know we've talked about this in, in other, uh, on other shows kind of in a different context, and I think we even addressed yeah. it when we are talking about Perez Hill and I mean, I think a, a bully is, in the moment, I think a bully is a really awful person. And I think that goes without yeah. saying. I do think that people that that have the capacity to change or that mature and start to behave like normal civil human beings, I applaud them and I applaud them for the effort. Um, and hopefully it sticks. But that's, you know, I think that's part of the problem is that sometimes you think that maybe the change has happened and, and it hasn't. But, I mean, he was mm-hmm. a pretty prolific bully for a while. So I, he was I'm awful. not sure that I necessarily, I, I'm not sure that I, I buy it. Um, so, you know, let's, let's see what happens. But I'm all for giving people another chance and letting them, you know, letting them, uh, I guess I don't want to say re, re, recoup their yeah. uh, their credit their credibility, but um, mm-hmm. let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. Hope it's genuine. I 
I agree to an extent. Um, I think I know what Veronica's answer is going to be, but go ahead, Veronica. Uh, I'd like to hear what you think it's going to be. I think you're you're a hard. I think you're a hard pass. I mean, it, I it like, I mean, yeah. I've been bullied my whole entire life, even now. So mm-hmm. I would have to say most bullies don't even think they're bullying. Mm-hmm. So for someone to recognize their bullying, I think that shows some progress. But it's in the case of Corrales and Hilton, I think they're only tolerated because they got busted, you know, with the Britney mm-hmm. stuff. So, like, I, as, if it feels not genuine, then, of course, I don't think they should be forgiven. But I think if they did some self-reflection and realized that, you know, and they're different mm-hmm. now or, like, will, you know, changing, I think that's fair to, like, forgive them. But I would say most times they're yeah. not sorry or don't even realize that they bullied people. Like, one Agreed. of my favorite stories I ever heard from, like, my family was um, apparently Marissa Tomei was a bully when she was in school, in high school. Oh. And, bu- and bullied a family friend. But they met her, like, oh. years later, you know, after she won her Oscar or whatever at an event. And the parents were like, remember you bullied this person? She's like, who? Like, they didn't remember the person they bullied because they apparently bullied a lot of people. That's the thing. Like, wow. I think bullies definitely don't have, like, self-awareness at all or don't even remember all the people that they bullied. Wow. So I do I'm, not know I'm, that. I have, like, a really interesting story about that, too, because I just – so I'm uh, – Full disclosure, I, I got roped into coaching um, my stepdaughter's soccer team of first graders. And oh, I'm sure you got roped all, into that. No, I did. Right. I, I can promise you. Mm-hmm. These kids are, are out of control. Um, <laughs> but, it's, <laughs> but it's fun. It's cool. You know, like, they're, they're six-year-olds, so it's whatever. You know, you know what you're getting uh, to some degree. But one of the things that you had to do is you have to take a couple of required trainings. There's a concussion training, and then there's, like, this training around, um, you know, just kind of protecting kids, whether it's from Mm -hmm. some kind of abuse or harassment or bullying. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the the slide, there was a slideshow, and you have to answer all these questions and all that good stuff to prove that you aren't just, like, gunning through it, but... Um, one of the things that they talked about is that the bully is not this, like, isolated person who just, you know, goes at It's usually somebody who has some some of a crowd following because, mm-hmm. they, you know, it's, it's the reaction that it elicits from people that mm-hmm. tends to fuel more of the bullying behavior. And I think that's why a lot of times you see, especially when people are kids, you know, they, they want social acceptance, and then they see this as a, a way of doing it. And mm-hmm. um, and it's just interesting to see it from a different perspective now where, mm-hmm. you know, as a, as a kid, I, I felt like turnabout was fair play. You know, we all talked shit about each other as kids, and, you know, I was, I was made fun of because I was really short. And, you know, we made fun of this person because, you know, they, they – they, they would always say dumb things or what, you know, like we always, we always had our, our little comments and quips to make to each other. And, you know, mm-hmm. I never really viewed it as bullying, but today it would definitely be characterized as, as bullying. And I, I never, I never took it as being bullied myself, but you know, you, you just, you, you get a different perspective when you're on the outside and now, especially when you have some maturity to back it. But I think that's the problem with 
a lot, especially a lot of younger people. Um, the problem is, is when it translates to being an adult who does it, now you have mm-hmm. the, the, either have the luck of being someone who, who, who knows better, or you just, like Veronica was saying, they're just not aware that their behavior is, is bullying. And if you're not aware, hopefully you come to that realization and you know, make some changes because I do think people are capable of change and becoming good people. Um, but it's just interesting to see how it plays out, especially when you're talking about adults bullying other adults. Yeah. Or you become a pre- or you become president and have a cult following. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That part. Um, so my actual thought on forgiving a bully has actually changed a little. It depends on what the bullying was. If I was bullied for clothes I wear or my haircut or something like that. Those are things that you can change. Those are things that can be altered. Granted, I wasn't the richest person. I didn't come from a wealthy family. So, I mean, it would probably hurt, but I'd get over it, you know. But being bullied for my sexuality back then and being bullied for my race I personally don't think that somebody can fully 100% do a turnaround on that. I think, like, abuse, that is always in a person. And I only say that because I've experienced that. There were times where I did forgive my bully. And then he would go back and say something nasty. And so I've come to the realization that there are certain people... And there are certain types of bullying that um, I can forgive and there's some that I can't. So it, it A, depends on the type of bullying and it B, it also depends on the type of person that they are. Um, I'm not the type of person that's like, oh, you deserve a second chance because you asked for it. Bullshit. I want to see some progress first. I want to see some actions. I want to hang out with you and see if you bully other people. You know, you could forgive me, but then bully other people, like Joe had said before. Um, sorry, there's a timer in the background. It's Springfield. Um, yeah, yeah, just, I, I don't, I don't know. I, it, it depends for me. It really does depend. In the case of Perez Hilton, I don't know. Like, like I had told you guys before, he, um... He was awful to rumor Willis. Like, the things that he would call her... Now, I don't know. I'm guessing that she is nicer than me. She probably forgave him. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's on my TikTok. He would call her a potato head. He'd call her a cokehead. He'd call her a whore. She was, like, barely 18, and he was doing this to her. And I just don't... If somebody did that to me, I I wouldn't be able to forgive him. I'm sorry. I just can't. Especially finding out that he did it for clout is basically what he said. Um, Because he felt like clout was the thing to get at the time. Yeah, no. I just... Yeah, yeah, no. Um, Yeah. That's my thought on it. Um, before we move on to those um, two cases, I did want to say RIP to Norm McDonald. We have lost some of the 
underrated talent recently from Michael K. Williams, now Norm MacDonald. I mean, Norm MacDonald was always in an SNL movie. And when I say that, like, Little Nicky and anything that Adam Sandler did. And he was always a funny guy. And it's just, he's so young. He was only in his 60s. And it's just so sad. Um, so sad that he, he passed. Um, did you want to say anything, Veronica, about Norm? I mean, I have some tea on it, but I don't know. Oh. Dish, dish, okay. dish. I guess we might well, have to talk about it off, offline. <laughs> well, pa- no, well, apparently I found on I mean, Twitter that um he apparently like sexually harassed and attacked some women. Usually, like, waitresses at the comedy club. Oh, and so do you think he was scared that this would come out and he armed himself? No, no, no. I mean, he has cancer. Oh. So. Oh, okay, 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 okay. But I just, like, it's like, it's just, I just oh, feel bad for this really? woman. who's probably getting triggered, seeing everybody, like, how wonderful and amazing he is. And he was, like, horrible to women. <sighs> Did not know that. That sucks. Uh, Bronson's always got the tea, y'all. Just to let you know, she really does. We can't talk about well, another subject, but she's can't, always I mean, got the tea. Entertainment industry is small, you know what I mean? Yeah, the there's a it lot is. of like sexual predators in the industry, so we kind of like that. That go under the other. radar, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, look at Harvey Weinstein. How many decades did he get away with it? But everybody knew. And everybody, it was the the worst open secret in Hollywood. Like, everybody literally knew. It, that's crazy. Um, yeah, and I think this is worth saying. I think a lot of people assume Hollywood is so big, but there's, like, it's not. There's only a handful of, like, A-listers, and then from that, there's even smaller acting groups. So... That's why Veronica says it's like a small community. I mean, granted, you don't have access to everybody, but I mean, if you wanted to, you probably could get access to certain people. Um, but yeah, that's crazy. I did not know that. Ew, gross, gross, gross. Um, well, this is going to be interesting. Joe, what are your thoughts? Um, good old man. Oh, um. I, too, had heard similar stories about him being somewhat yeah. um, scandalous with employees at, at, at the comedy clubs that, that he frequented or, you know, if he was traveling to different comedy clubs. Um, I've mm-hmm. heard some similar stories. Um, I think, you know, if you, if you try to separate him from, you know, same, same with Harvey Weinstein, I think you try to separate the talent or the skill or the, you know, the, the, um, the capabilities uh, as a professional from their personal picadillos, um, I think you could make a case that, you know, that someone is a, is a great artist or whatever the case is. But uh, oftentimes, especially now, I don't think that you have the ability to do that. Um, mm. So while I think there were, there were a lot of things that Norm did that were, he's an extremely talented comedic writer, 
Um, he was an extremely uh, funny, dry, wit comedian. Um, I think that's that's part of the equation is the fact that there's these these stories about his reputation as a human being that sully his legacy considerably, um, and you can't take them can't take them as separate. You have to look at them as part and parcel of, of who he was. Uh, and I think that's unfortunate because, you know, as I said, I do think he was talented as a comedian, but um, the reputation is is what uh, is is what's going to probably carry through. Why don't you think that um, these stories weren't more public when he was alive? Why do you think? Why do you think they're kind of coming out more so in his death? Well, Why do you think most of the time women don't ever want to speak up because they get like death threats and slammed for it? Yeah. And I mean, the only reason that. that, like, it wasn't getting that much traction now. They didn't really mention it because they just felt like, hey, am I insane? Like, am I, like, why is, like, everybody, like, pouring and, like, being so effusive over this guy and, you know, mm-hmm. the comedian? As if, like, never. And then it turned out, like, it didn't happen to this one person because once that person posted, then other people reported stories. So it was, like, a pattern. Wow. Like, I could it's say like, like one person. Yeah. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. just because one person mentioned it, then all of a sudden all these other people mentioned it. But, you know, they just needed somebody to say it out loud, I guess. Because everybody yeah. was so and afraid also, to do it. And that's mm-hmm. it. It's also the dynamic of power in those situations. Mm-hmm. If you're a if you're a server at, at a cocktail club or a comedy club, if you're a, you know, if you're a, a, a maitre d' or, you know, someone who's, who's working for this, this club where someone does this, you know, the, mm-hmm. the notion that you, not, number one, feel empowered enough to be able to say something, and then number two, that anyone will listen is, mm-hmm. is certainly something that's, that's, I think, problematic when you talk about how, you know, just the nature of these types of, of situations unfold. It's the power dynamic that really makes it harder for, for women or for anyone that's abused to uh, to come out and, and tell their story and, and have it believed. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. I was asking, the, just for, to, for, for clarification purposes, I was asking the question, I am not one of these people who says, well, they took so long to come out, and they waited till after their death. I don't believe them. I'm not one of those people. Um, I believe victims, but I also um, I also follow facts. Um, I think it's very telling when more than one person has an incident of the same person, um, and also too, I think. Sometimes for victims, it's easier to talk talk um, about their experiences with someone when they're gone because that person can't refute them. And I know that sounds kind of weird, but sometimes when you get, um, and I've heard this from some victims, I've never been a victim, thank God. Um, when you come out with your truth, you're made to feel maligned. And I know that's what you both were alluding to. And sometimes when you when you just say your truth, you you just want to say it. You don't care if you're believed. You don't care about being argued with. This is your truth. You want to say it and then be done with it. And so I'm sure that there's a lot of comfort knowing that they weren't the only ones. And I 
personally believe people go after, like, people that are celebrities, I think they abuse people they feel are, quote, lower than them, because then who's going to believe them? Are, are you going to believe the cocktail waitress at this restaurant, or are you going to believe me? I'm on a hit show. You know, that balance of power, I think, that you guys were talking about. Um, wow, that's crazy. I'm glad I brought this up because I did not know that about him. Yes. 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 Anyway. Um, I mean, again, it's alleged, but I'm just saying. Alleged. Just, allegedly, if you yes. If you want to, like, come through Twitter, your own research. you'll find it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm somebody said that they did report it to their bosses, but they just didn't do anything about it. So at the that's time, awful. You know? um, it's awful, but I bet you at the time it happened, and I think you both can agree, there was a time in this country's history where if someone went to their boss and said, hey, Joe Schmo celebrity assaulted me, the boss would be like, are you sure? Are you sure you didn't do something to, like, get that person to flirt with you? Are you sure you didn't misunderstand the situation? Um, there was a real time in this country's history, and it's probably still going on to this day, that the victim feels so shamed when they speak up that they wish they never spoke up. That and all the time. Yeah, and I think that you're right, but I think it happened more so in the 80s and 90s when it wasn't taken so seriously, when it was, mm, you're just being a little dramatic, you know? Um, I have a lot of female friends who say that they were assaulted by coworkers and they spoke up and they were basically reprimanded for speaking up. So they left their jobs. They left their good paying jobs. And I'll be honest with you, that was something that I took into consideration when I came out as trans. Like, somebody could literally assault me at work, and because I'm the one that's transitioning and seen as a freak or whatnot, who's going to want to believe me, you know? And, And that's why you get some people in the news that you think are not conventionally beautiful but they've been assaulted by people because these guys think no one's going to believe that ugly bitch got assaulted. That's literally what goes through their heads. And so, um, yeah, that was something I thought about heavily. But thank God it hasn't happened because you know me. You know I got a big mouth. I'd probably make a TikTok out of it. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, everybody would know. But, um, yeah. <laughs> So but I think that's, on that's to, the power that, that I was just going to say that's the yeah. power of the Me Too movement is that mm-hmm. you now have you've looked at some of these things that have happened historically through a different lens mm-hmm. and say, all right, so yeah. this is what happened. This may have been acceptable. I mean, sexual harassment in the workplace has changed dramatically as a result of that. And, and I, you know, I could say that just from my own personal perspective as an HR person you see a mm-hmm. dramatic difference in how people are more attentive to their behavior. Um, it still happens. There's not, you're never going to be able to eliminate things altogether, 
Um, mm-hmm. at, least, at least I don't believe that that's possible because humans are humans, and again, they're taking advantage of a power dynamic. Um, but because of the fact that there has been such a spotlight, you know, shown on on all of these these incidents that have happened, whether it's with famous people or not, um, it mm-hmm. helps to it helps to continue to move the needle so that you know. 30 years from now, people aren't looking back at this time saying, yeah, they just turned a blind eye to it. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's a good thing. And for all you guys out there that say, oh, you know, I can't hug my female friends anymore. You can just ask consent. You want to slap your female friends on the butt and make a joke about it? Ask consent first. If you feel weird doing that, you shouldn't do it then. Period. That's all. Um, yeah. <sighs> so let's talk about Gabby. Oh, my gosh. This is like, I feel really bad for this whole situation. So if I you know. Don't it's like know, a rabbit hole that you can't get out of. And, and, and it gets crazier every day we look up. It's like, what the fuck is happening next? Um, Gabby Petito is a um, 22-year-old woman who went cross-country with her fiancé, Brian Laundry? They went cross-country, they came back, and all of a sudden she disappeared. Just completely gone. Um, she's been gone since, what, September? No, sorry, August 25th. But her um, family didn't contact the authorities until August, um, or September 11th. So... What happened was, after they, while they were on their trip, I guess it didn't go so well. Um, sometimes when you go cross-country, like my friend Alice, her and her now husband went cross-country. They traveled cross-country for like two months, I think, and they got closer as a couple. This didn't happen with Brian and uh, Gabby. They were fighting constantly, and... On August 12th, they were in Utah, um, and they got the, the cops were called for a domestic disturbance. The cop that went there said that Gabby could not stop crying to the point she couldn't even form a sentence. She was just hysterical. And what happened was Brian told her that she had some sort of mental health breakdown, Brian told her, go take a walk to calm down, and she felt he was going to leave her stranded there, so she didn't want to. And I guess she hit him for even suggesting that. So um, she even admitted she was the one that hit him at the time. And so the cop said, all right, you stay in the van, Gabby. Brian, you go to hotel. Just cool off for the night, both of you. So they did. And what ended up happening was Brian returned home alone without her. And the family's like, what's going on? And they documented their whole travel on YouTube, by the way. Her mom had contact with her for a bit. Her mom had contact with her, I think it was up until the 30th of August but after that I mean 
Brian returned home to Florida September 1st without her. And the family was just like, you know, where the hell is she? And I guess he wasn't giving enough um, answers. So they reported her missing on uh, September 11th, which is kind of ironic. Um, So, yeah, she's been missing. And now, all of a sudden, as of the 17th, well, here's what happens in a case like this. If somebody is missing or if someone is murdered, they immediately go to the spouse first. So the police put Brian under investigation. They were like, you know, you were the last person with her. You know what happened. And all of a sudden, on September 17th, Brian goes missing. So it's like, what the hell is going on? And now people are saying, no, he's not missing. He's just hiding out. And then a, a, YouTube, um, a TikToker came out and said, yeah, well, I saw Brian in... Um, this park hiking alone and I picked him up and I got him to wherever so this is just getting stranger and stranger and the hitchhiker this is the craziest part the hitchhiker said that she picked him up on August 29th meanwhile like I told you her mom Gabby's mom had contact with Gabby up until August 30th so now the mom's thinking that Brian is the one that sent the message from Gabby's phone. So this is just like the craziest thing and it's real life and I, I just I don't know what's going on. Joe, what do you make of all this? Um well at the at the risk of sounding like like I've got the case solved. I mean Yeah. I I think the, with the evidence that's out there, the information that's out there, again, these are all allegations. No one knows what happened, so I just want to be right. clear about that. But, you know, for for this for this woman to disappear, regardless of whatever mm-hmm. circumstances surrounded their domestic incident prior, or you know, I, I think it, it certainly points to this this fiance who is now all of a sudden very difficult to locate. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't look it doesn't look good. Um, nope. You hate to see. I mean, you hear about these stories all the time in the news, and it's really sad because um, just break up. No, if if you're in this kind of like toxic relationship, toxic environment, just break up with each other. You know, Mm -hmm. there's no reason to to radically alter your life in these situations to where you know Mm -hmm. now you're running from the law. Somebody's somebody's clearly imperiled. Um, and and who knows mm-hmm. if it's, it, it, you know if it's something that has you know resulted in her death you know that it, it's just such a, a terrible incident to happen and, and you know we'll find out more there'll be more details maybe sometime down the road they'll you know they'll, they'll be able to you know kind of uh, follow the, the the details to the to the extent we can get a, a clearer picture of what happened but unfortunately a lot of times we never will know what happened. We're just mm-hmm. left to our own devices to try to figure it out ourselves. And um, it's really sad. It's really sad to have something like that happen, um, especially when you're talking about two people that probably at one time did care about each other. Um, maybe they, you know, maybe it's not even something that they stopped caring about each other. It's just, you know, these people are impassioned and they make terrible decisions. So it's really awful and you hate to hear stories like that. But unfortunately, that's all too 
Yeah, he went missing on the 14th, and his parents reported him missing the 17th. So this is just nuts. Um, I don't know what to make of it. What do, What are your thoughts on this, Veronica? I mean, to me, it feels like straight up, like, 60 minutes, right? Aren't they always story about this, like, oh, this good-looking couple, and then it's always, like, the woman, like, just gets, disappears. I think always the woman that disappears, huh, isn't it? Fuck. Right? Because it's usually, I mean, most of the crimes are violence. <laughs> Domestic violence are usually against women, right? Crazy. And, of course, they, the story, she's, like, a cute, young, blonde woman. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't understand. Like, this guy was clearly a suspect, but he was allowed to roam free. I'm like, if he was, like, not white, would that have been the same case? No. Yeah, I'm thinking no. I mean, it's very suspicious. Like, if I'm your fiancé, wouldn't I look for my fiancé? Not drive back home no matter how mad? Like, I, I know. This is your think that fiancé. He probably did, but I'm just saying, if even if he didn't... I don't know. It's, he still at least abandoned her, you know. Yeah. And that's yeah. awful. Even if and he why supposedly he didn't help? do it. It's with the exactly. investigation. This is his fiance. Right. Even and if his, they broke I mean, up, her, he doesn't want her yeah, dead. Yeah. Her parents are gonna want to know what happened. Why he came right. back without her. Right. And then the fact that he went missing. So the question is like, is he in hiding or did he commit suicide? Right. Like, you know, like mm-hmm. you know, it's just like it's too. This thing is like a rabbit hole. I can't get out of. And he wasn't even charged. He just remained silent. That's what I'm saying. The FBI he, came Yeah, he's just that maybe Everything. a person that's suspect. I'm like, he, it's easy mm-hmm. the partner. So he should be number one suspect. Right. Especially when maybe, he probably lost his ear, right? Maybe they got into a fight and he pushed her and she fell and she, she died. Okay, if it was an accident, it was an accident. But say that. To remain silent and have her parents sit here and just like wonder. It's not cool. It's like, what the hell? Awful. And for me, somebody who's watched, like, I'm obsessed with, like, Law and Order, SCU, and, you know, true crime stuff. Got me all, like, worked up. I'm like, oh, my God, can we find her? But they say after I hope 48 they find hours, her, the person you know? is. I just feel so yeah. bad for the families and friends, you know? I don't think she's alive. I just want them to find their body, to be honest with you. I know. It, it, it has been um, a while. When I looked at the date when it started, I was like, oh, it's mm-hmm. been that long? Jeez. Yeah, it's been that long. It, um, like I said, uh, August 25th, and we're coming up on a, a month of her gone. I, I highly doubt with all the news that she's just hiding out eating pork and beans in the trailer, you know? Um, he might be, but... Yeah. I don't know. That's crazy. Um, and then the last major topic we have is another case. Um, <laughs> we got to start reporting on happy stories. Um, Alex Murdoch. This guy. I, you know, when I sent this um, as a topic to Joe and Veronica, I said the Alex Murdoch mess. That's what it is. It is such a mess. Like, from top to bottom. Yeah, it's like a straight-up movie. All the way to 2015. And it's like, oh, my gosh. Like, the the bodies pile up with this guy. And 
First, it was this 19-year-old kid, Stephen Smith, that died mysteriously around him and his family. Then their nanny died in 2018. And then this girl, Mallory Beach, died with his son um, at a, uh, what's it called? At a boating, a boating um, accident. And then her body was found. And then the Beach family filed a wrongful death suit. And then the son was in, indicted, but he pled not guilty. And then this year, the son and the mom are shot to death. And then, and then Stephen's case is reopened. And Mallory's family um, decide to reopen her case. And then a survivor of the boat accident with Mallory says that police tried to shift the blame from Paul to someone else. And then because Paul died, the whole Mallory Beach case got thrown out because he died. And then Alex, this September, was, quote, shot while changing a tire. But the person he hired didn't shoot him in any way, shape, or form lethally. So it was like a a graze to his skin. Uh, It wasn't life-threatening at all. And then it comes out that Alex is misappropriating funds with his law firm, so he gets fired. And then it's just, this whole thing is, like, fucking nuts. Um, Alex has turned himself in. But holy fuck, this is, like, this is the craziest case, crazier than Gabby's disappearance. Like, holy hell. And in the middle of it, they're saying is an insurance thing. It's insurance fraud because um, Paul and Maggie were murdered. And, like, they were murdered on June 7th. They were buried on the 9th. Or, no, I'm sorry, they are buried on the 11th. And then sometime after that, Alex collected his check. So this is insane. And this guy's a lawyer, which is the funny part. Um, Veronica, what what in the heck can you make sense of all this? This is crazy. This is what happens with people with power and money. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like he comes from a family shit. of like a prestigious lawyer prosecution family in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. So, like so, mm-hmm. these people just feel like they can do whatever they want, including murder. It's so amazing. Like so. Like, the fact that his wife and child, the question is, did he kill them or did they commit suicide or someone else killed them because he was clearly involved with a lot of not great people? So that's, like, one aspect of it. And then after that, the fact that he tried to put a hit on himself, I don't know, to clear himself, (laughs) but he said he did it to, like, so that his, so he would get killed and his other son would get the $10 million life insurance policy, which is also right. more fraud. This family is so oh shady. God. And it's crazy because like, it was like a well-respected, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, came, so it almost like came out of nowhere. All of a sudden, like, I mean, obviously it's been happening since 2015, but you're just like, yeah, okay. what the fuck? <laughs> 
What the hell? Oh, my God. Joe, what are your thoughts on this craziness, math that I call it? Well, I, I, I'm first of all, the the stories that keep coming out about this situation mm-hmm. have been coming out for years about it. Um, it it's mind-boggling again that this person has just largely escaped any type of issue. Um, mm-hmm. You know, bumps in the road. It wasn't. I mean, am I correct that this is the you know, there was also a drug a drug problem with this guy. Jesus. I, I, think, I think there was like, yeah, I think there was a drug problem. Anyway, um, you know, this is this is like a made-for-TV movie, maybe um, mm-hmm. maybe a, a an episode on on Law and Order SBU or something, but um, it's crazy. Yeah, it's who plays Alex Murdoch? Yeah. I mean, well, they're doing um, HBO Max is going to do a documentary of this. They announced that on September eighth. So I know, but it's still like a Ryan Murphy American story, (laughs) (laughs) right? Uh, Sorry, Joe, we interrupted. Go ahead. No, it's all right. I mean, this is—it's just one of those crazy stories, and you you know. We live in such like a, a, a weird place that mm-hmm. you have these incidents that happen and you you you, you think, well, it, it couldn't possibly happen to me or it couldn't possibly happen to somebody I know, but it's just, you know, the, there's a reason why some of these TV shows have endless seasons upon seasons upon seasons because it's so mm-hmm. easy to just pull stuff from the headlines to write a show and mm-hmm. very easily just adapt it to TV. And, and that's scary. That's scary that we live in a place where it's so easy to find source material for these types of uh, crime dramas on TV and, and let alone the, you know, the retelling of, of the story. Um, it's just, it, it's sad. Um, but, you know, again, until we confront some things with, you know, clearly drug abuse, mental health, Firearms. I mean, there's just there's just an, an endless list of, of situations that are going to keep coming out because of of these types of uh, glaring holes in, in how our society operates. It's just kind of sad. Mm. And it's crazy because but it's awful that these people could get away with it for so long because yep. they're rich, and powerful, mm-hmm. and white. You know. Yeah. Because like he can't and... like co- try to cover up his son's you know junk murder. You know what I mean? Because he was part of the family, so they, you know, got leniency. Right, yeah. and because his son died, there goes the case. The case automatically, kind of like Aaron Hernandez's case, when you have a case against, a civil case against you, your death absolves that case. Like, the case can't go any further because you can't try a dead person. Um, but I, I, I just, wow. And then I'm reading that his wife and son died on June 7th and he said at the time of his, their death, well, murdered, not died, um, at the time of their murder, he was with his dad who was gravely ill and then his dad died three days later. Like, what the fuck? Death is around this guy, like, constantly. And then with the... And the thing is the, the dad um, was like natural causes. I was like, I'm yeah, surprised after all the murders. Speaking of natural causes, so... 
Gloria Soderfield was the name of the nanny that died. She had a trip and fall death, but no coroner was notified. No autopsy was performed. And the death certificate said died of natural causes. How do you die of natural causes if you trip and fall? That doesn't make any sense. So her two sons. Amazing that they could cover up this stuff because they were charged of law. They were supposed to get $500,000. They never received that money still to this day. And it's because um, their lawyer, the lawyer that represented them, said that um, Alex Murdoch said, oh, well, her sons didn't participate in any negotiations, and they didn't sign any agreements, so they don't get any money. So somehow my mom dies in your house, and no, no one pays for that, not even, like, in a court of law or even monetarily. Are you kidding me? Like, that's crazy. Um, yeah, he did have an oxy problem, by the way, Joe. Well, yeah. So, yeah. to give him so, give him an, a buy, mm-hmm. hit that in depression, supposedly. So I'm like, so before he was sober when he did the other stuff, mm-hmm. but when he tried to kill himself, that's when it was opioids and depression. Okay. Yeah. Oh my gosh, this is just like that's, that family is. I, I could garbage. see this on like IDTV or something. This is just crazy. Holy moly. Um. Before we get into our reviews and all that other good stuff, any topic that you guys want to talk about that's a little happier? Um, Joe, we'll start with you. Do you have anything? Um, I feel like after that, I need to take a a, a bath and cleanse <laughs> myself. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. Um... Yeah, that was Lua. Anyhow, but nothing, no other, no happy story or silly story to tell or topic to discuss. I wish. No? I wish now. Veronica, do you have anything? Well, there was something that I enjoyed watching. I don't know if you saw on the internet in New York. Um, This truck driver was like honking a guy in front of him for like, I guess not moving fast enough at the light or whatever. So the guy was like so enraged, the one that was being oh, honked, yeah. that he he got out of his car and started like dancing, like yeah. it was amazing. He was breaking it down all over the place. It lasted forever. It was so good. It was like, so it was, funny. Like, joyful dancing. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. It was so good. And so um, I'm like, I need to start doing that. Every time someone pisses me off, I'm gonna just start dancing like, like like insane. But like he was a good dancer. I wouldn't just dance like terrible dances. No, and it was funny, and everybody, and I saw the video, everybody started honking with him. Oh, that was yeah. funny. It was amazing. And he crashed. Um, the he had to stay there and watch the whole dance. It was so good. <laughs> Although he shouldn't have parked in a crosswalk, though, but otherwise it was funny. But I'm just like, oh the point God. is, like, I wish more people would handle their anger that way. Like, just dance it out, man. Yeah. Yeah. Because dancing is so joyful. We need to do more of it. It is. That was a funny video. Joe, if I find it, I'll send it to you. It was pretty funny. Perfect. Um, I'm definitely going to search for it in the show. Um, do I have any happy stories? Let me think. 
Um, I don't think so. But I don't know. I feel bad because my movie and TV review is going to be kind of sad. Um, so we can talk about that. I watched the, the miniseries Clickbait on Netflix, which, oh, geez, mm-hmm. I guess it fits mm-hmm. in the topic. So mm-hmm. this, um, he's a, um, a physical therapist at a sporting facility. He goes missing. And he's a happy, he's a family man, he's married, he has two boys. He goes missing, and he shows up on the internet, and he holds up two signs. One sign says, I abuse women. The other sign says, "Um, if this video gets 5 million hits, I will die. Or 5 million views, I will die. And the whole series is based on, you know, can he be found? Who's doing this to him? What, is, what do those signs mean? And it's just a roller coaster. The main thing about this series that I'm going to tell, and it's all fiction, by the way. It's based on a movie. That lead character of Pia, his sister, uh, his name is Nick. His sister Pia is the most annoying character I have ever witnessed in TV or film. She's annoying and I hate her. She doesn't get any better at the end of the series. She she just, she irks me throughout the whole series and there's eight episodes and I'm like I want her to go missing. And then one of my, I said that <laughs> online and one of my friends said she can't go missing because no one will go look for her. But she, her character was so annoying. Like, mm, I hated her character so much. Um, oh, God. And then, of course, you know, Days of Our Lives. And that's pretty much all I've been watching. And I watched, wait, I watched something else. I can't remember. I watched something else in between there. I can't remember what I watched. Um, Joe, what did you watch? Um, last week, anything when you got back from Vegas? Uh, I too watched Clickbait. Um, what do you think? And that was—I mean, let me tell you—the the, some of the content they come out with is just straight trash. I—I I, I thought it was terrible. Yeah. Um, aside from aside from just like being poorly written, I just I felt like it was just not entertaining at all if and you're right Pia was extremely annoying the mm. twist in the story was so stupid it was weird um it was stupid it was unnecessary mm-hmm. and uh, you know Great. I I just feel like they, they there's such a dearth of writing talent sometimes when they just push this content out on the streaming and I, I know we've, we've talked about this before too but just get really frustrated when you know you, you invest time to watch eight episodes of anything and it's just such a significant letdown um, mm. and that you know the, the, the Nick character you're, you're, you're on like a little bit of a roller coaster with this character but same time it's like you don't even find this character to be that empathetic. <laughs> mm. 
because of the way that they tell the story. It's just so, to me, it was just so poorly done. I just really, I felt, I felt gross after watching it. It was, um, um I also, it was okay. <laughs> yeah. But, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I, I wasn't a big fan. I also just want to say that, um, you know, they, they lead you down these roads by having each show dedicated to one person in their life. And, and like, mm-hmm. and so, you know, autom- almost automatically, and I hate to say this because I don't want to spoiler alert it, but anybody who watches it, I feel bad for them already. Um, but when you have these individual episodes about each of the people involved, you can almost mm-hmm. guarantee that it's not that person that they're highlighting in the episode. So as you go on, you're like, well, now I got to cross this person off the list. Cause they're not going to highlight them in this show. Mm. <sighs> Very frustrating. Very frustrating exercise. Um, aside from that, I, I watched, uh, I watched Annie last night, the original, well, the 1982 version. Um, I'm guessing your stepdaughter. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't just uh, decide to watch it. I, <laughs> My uh, my wife was like, oh, my gosh, you know, we have to watch Annie. It was, like, the best movie mm-hmm. I watched when I was a kid. And, you know, mm-hmm. watching it now, in in, in retrospect, you, you see just how um, how much cinema has changed over the, mm-hmm. over the course of uh, 30 years now. Um, yep. But that's kind of the thing about that movie is you know, we were talking about um, how, how representative a movie like, I mean, that's 1982. And we're talking about right. how representative that was. It was like all white people except for Punjab. Yep. And and it was like, I get it. It's the you know you're trying to you know project what was going on in the 30s and maybe, but it's just so funny to see how much cinema has changed over the course of time that um, you know these characters are now played by much more diverse. Uh, actors and performers just so it's so different seeing the movie um in retrospect but it was still enjoyable the songs are still fun to sing along to um it was a good so it was was entertaining it's good to relive my uh my youth as a six-year-old who was who was watching this with you know his brother and sister at the time to now seeing it today and um it was fun it was a fun ride to to relive it but um don't you love watching it through like kids' eyes that you're close with, like, watching Liar Liar with my nephew, who's 18, was amazing because he laughed at the same jokes I laughed at. And, oh, yeah. And it was just like, oh, he gets me. You know what I mean? Like, he thought that that was the funniest movie he's ever seen in his life. And I'm like, yeah, we get it. Um, yeah, it's so, it's so different seeing things through adult eyes. And I've said that before. I recently, well, not recently, but when the first It movie came out, I went back and watched the It miniseries, which at the time scared me so badly, I was afraid of clowns my whole life. I watched it recently, and I was like, the fuck was I scared about clowns for? This was a dumbass movie. The original It was stupid. You have to watch it as an adult. It was dumb. And the musical cues, it was almost like a, watching a soap opera. And I'm like, why was, was I scared of clowns? Of course, the new kind of clown is scary. I don't like clowns. I don't care. It doesn't matter what form. Yeah, like I'm it. over it. 
but I mean the new the new version of it was creepy. Creepy. That was, it was creepy. Ooh. And the image that I will never get out of my mind is the little boy with one arm dragging himself across the street. That will be forever seared in my brain. That creeps me out so much. But other than that, um, yeah, I just, yeah, I don't know. I've been doing a lot of that during the pandemic, going back and watching movies from my childhood. And let me tell you something. I still cry. Never ending story. Archak in that damn mud. Oh, my God. That was traumatic as a kid and an adult. Holy shit. Artax, I, I poured a little bit out for Artax. That was that was traumatic. Poor thing. Anyway. Sorry. Um, anything else you watch besides those two? No, those are the those are the big hits. Okay. I started watching I started watching the nine eleven documentary, but um, I had to stop because it was. It was pretty powerful, just the first two episodes. Ooh, wait, I was like, wow, this is a Was lot. it the one that I, I suggested? The, um, yeah. The One oh, Day yeah. in America? Yeah. yeah. No, Joe, oh, you have oh, to finish it. You have to. I will. You will I will. Love it. I have to take a break. It, yeah, it, it's tough. It's just amazing to see how many people we didn't know about were actual heroes and lost their lives trying to help other people. The, oh, that was so amazing. I'm glad you're watching that. And there, there's another one out that I might watch. Um, Veronica, what did you um, what did you watch this past uh, week? So I watched the latest episode of What We Do in the Shadows, which is, like, one of my favorite TV series right now. Okay. So smart. Like, I actually think I like it better than the movie. It's so good because mm-hmm. the funny thing is that the TV version is like vampires in Staten Island, <laughs> which is so funny to me. But in the, the latest episode, they go to Las Vegas, which is so perfect for vampires. So highly recommend the show. Definitely like this past episode was so good. I'm sorry, Atlantic City. Are either yeah, so one good. of you watching this season of... American Horror Story? No. I see your post about it. No, I stopped watching it since the first season. Because my friends are trying to explain it to me, and I'm so glad that I am vocal. I'm a vocal person. I'm the type of person, so I posted on Facebook about it, and I'm like, can someone explain this to me? I don't get it. They're basically saying it's almost a metaphor for COVID. So this season, a couple, a man and his wife with his daughter and his wife is pregnant, go to the Cape, Cape Cod, and they stay there for the weekend. But they end up staying there longer because they're attacked by these creatures. And these creatures are people. They're all bald, and they walk kind of funny, and they have jagged teeth and they feed off of blood of people. Well, it turns out that there's this black pill that if you take it and you're a creative person, you become even more creative. But if you're not a creative person, you become one of these zombie people who walk around 
walking all funny with bald heads. So I guess it's a metaphor for COVID. I'm not sure how, but I just don't get it. I, 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 I'm lost. I'm so lost. And I'm just like watching every week thinking I'm going to figure it out. And I'm just like, geez, this is so confusing. And it's called Double Feature because half of the season takes place by the water. The other half takes place on land. Huh? What? Brian, baby, call me. We can we can work this out. We can get season eleven and make sense. Sometimes wrapping it up at the end it makes sense. But let me tell you something. The seasons before, even freak shows, I got them. I understood them. I they made sense to me even halfway through. I do not get this show. I'm just like constantly like, what the fuck is going on? I prefer American Crime Story because it's impeachment with um, the Clinton era. And uh, episode two, love it. I love it. I'm invested totally. I wish they just came out all at once because I'm loving it. So good. Um, I just don't get it. Um, and, And they've never release both of these at the same time. So usually if American Crime Story is going on, then they'll release, um, they'll wait till that's finished to release American Horror Story or American Horror Story or whatever. I don't know. I'm getting confused. I don't understand it. Whatever. Um, I'm watching something else, though. I can't remember what else I'm watching. I don't know, clickbait was it, but... Was that all you're watching, Veronica? No, I also yeah. started watching um, Kevin Kniff himself, because I love Annie Murphy from Schitt's Creek. Mm-hmm. And then I discovered Raymond Lee, who's like one amazing Asian actor, is also like a series regular on it, so, so that's why I've been watching it. I also like how they play with different like, genres, because it flips back and mm-hmm. forth between a multicam like, sitcom and then like dark AMC drama. It's Breaking Bad kind of look. So it like flips between the two. The only thing is like, Amy Murphy's Canadian and her trying to do a Boston accent or some Massachusetts accent is very jarring. Like the mm. accents on the show all over the place because we have some Massachusetts fish. I mean, but I think it's a unique show and it's fun. Um, like, play with genres. So I'm just curious. People need to stop with the Massachusetts. How you feel about this? How you feel about the accents? If you aren't from Massachusetts, please don't try to do the accent. It's like kind of like you're never going to get it right. New York accent, easy to do. I get it. But Boston accent is so hard because you can be from Worcester and then live in Boston and have this weird kind of mix of an accent. And because Worcester has its own accent and then Boston has its own. And yeah, I... I would just stop. Unless you're Meryl Streep, just stop. So. I know, that's how I feel about Mary Etown, because she's trying to do, like, a Pennsylvania accent. And mm-hmm. she's British and can barely do an American, like, a neutral American, so I don't know. I know she's an amazing actress, and everybody's like, this show's so great, but, I, like, the accents are so jarring for me. Mm. Oh, I started watching that. I got to finish that. That was really good. 
Yeah, I heard it's good, but I could not get past the first episode because it's like the accents were driving me crazy. <laughs> I felt that way about um, um, Ray Donovan's wife. Oh my god, that accent drove me up a fucking wall. And she was doing the Boston accent too. I'm like, girl, this ain't it. Girl, this is not it. And she drove me crazy so much I stopped watching the show. I think I got like three episodes in and I was just like, I can't do it. She's annoying. Ugh. Um, I forgot to tell you, Veronica, and you're probably going to tell me some dirt on him. I started watching, you know, like I said, I started watching um, Days of Our Lives. They have this character called, um, oh, God, what's his character name? I think his character name is Lin Shen or something like that. And he is the board of directors, like, chairperson for, um, for this company on the show. And when he stepped on screen, let me tell you, my jaw dropped. I was like, who is this guy? He is so hot. Um, What's that your name? His name is Remington Huffman. Oh, I'm I don't know scared him. of the team you're going to get on him. Okay, good. <laughs> okay. I, I think <laughs> Jeff's heard no of him. idea who this person is. Oh, good. He's an actor and a model. He is drop-dead gorgeous. I was like... Who are you, babe? Um, yeah, he plays a pretty powerful person on the show, but, like, like no one talks down to him. He, he hires and fires people. It's amazing. I was like, ooh, he's cute. Only thing that is, name on sounds like Instagram, a porn star, though. I don't understand I that know, name. I know, it does. I think that's his real name, too. I don't think it's, like, no a way. fake name. No I, way. I, I think, I don't know. I could be wrong. He might be Canadian, though. So <laughs> people in Canada do things differently. I don't know. Um, but he's, like, literally drop-dead gorgeous. And I think he's, like, six, six one or something like that. Oh, he's gorgeous. In two ways. Um, Eva Mendes moment. What do you got, Joe? My Eva Mendez moment is it's the Raiders game. Well, it doesn't really fit with the show, but it's going to this week. Um, so the Raiders, uh, this was their first home game in their new stadium in their new city, and the well, the first uh, home game where they had fans because of COVID, and they did it right. You had to get the clear app. You had to show proof of vaccine in order to even get in the game. The entire atmosphere was electric. I had great seats. And then on top of that, the game was unreal. The Raiders were losing. They had to come back. They tied it right before in the regulation to go to overtime. And then the overtime the roller coaster, they thought they scored. Then they got a penalty. And then they they lost the ball, and then they got it back, and then they scored again, and it was just crazy. Like, people oh were going nuts, and it was, it was just, it was one of the best games I think I've ever watched in terms of, you know, the back and forth and the excitement about it, and it was just such a great experience to be there, um, mm-hmm. to watch my team win, 
it was just a, uh, an awesome, awesome, awesome experience. And I was so thankful that I was able to do it. I, I went by myself. Um, mm. but, but that's okay. I was with 65,000 other Screaming Raiders fans. <laughs> you weren't alone. I was not and alone. And I know you. And, I know you. You probably talked to people near you. Oh, yeah. I talked to everybody. And, and yeah, I lost I my voice again. It was just... It was, so, oh it, was a, it was a wild scene, and it was just so much fun, and I was so thankful that I got to do it, because I was really, I was really hesitant about going to the game in general, just because of the fact that, you know, it's a large crowd, I didn't know how it was going to be, um, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, here I am in, in Las Vegas, uh, which has, like, some of the highest incidents of COVID transmission in the country, mm-hmm. but honestly... Nice. They did it right. The whole the whole city of Vegas is wearing masks indoors. Nice. So I actually felt pretty comfortable. They, you know, they 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 did they did a decent job there. Um, but to then see an, an absolutely outstanding football game at the same time was once in a lifetime. Well, I'm happy that you had that experience. And you guys see awesome, how loyal awesome. he is. He followed the Raiders anywhere they went. So when they were, where did they start in LA? Or I can't remember where they started. Well, they, they started out initially in Oakland, and then okay, in the yeah. 80s they got moved to Los Angeles, and then they moved back to Oakland in the 90s, and then now they they got a great deal on well not a great deal it still cost them like three billion to make their new stadium but. Um, they built this jewel of the stadium right off the strip in, in Vegas, and uh, and that's their new home, hopefully permanently, because it's a, it's an absolutely electric sports town, and just a great environment for uh, for the for that team. That's kind of like the NFL's bad boys. Um, it was just an uh, an awesome experience to be there. The fans were very very. Um, Everybody was animated, but it was very respectful. There's nobody. There's no fights. It was great. It was just a great experience. Nice. I love hearing that. People are being civilized during a sporting event. Who knew? Yeah. Why not? Right. Wow, that's amazing. Good for you. Um, Veronica, what was your um, Eva Mendes moment? Um, I guess, you know, going back to the movie of Julia, it's like a role. Like, I was wanted yeah. to play Julia, and I just never thought it would ever happen for me. So it was like, mm-hmm. cool getting a grant. And then also, like, finding the venue finally. It took me forever to get a venue. Uh, it just actually feels real now. And then also I put a post, you know, on my social media, like, seeing if any Asian actors wanted to join in it. And I got so many talented people that wanted to be a part of it that I was like, wow. Like, I'm just an independent person. I'm, like, not a big theater company. I'm just, like, me... And then also I got a theater company partnering up to help me produce it, too. So it's, like, it's crazy that, it's like, I'm just an individual, you know, I'm not famous. But it's, like, cool that th- this dream project of mine seems to be, like, coming to fruition. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the first step is to dream it, and then the next step is to make it happen. And, yeah, you're doing it, girl. That's amazing. That is so amazing. I'm proud of you. Thank proud, you. Proud, proud. I wish you could come yeah. see it. 
I know. And then I'll be able to get experience on that because I have no idea what that is. So that would be amazing. When, uh, do you know, like, when and stuff? Yeah, so now that I locked the venue, I can say that the date will be Friday, October 15th okay hmm. I gotta see what I can do so maybe you drag Joe we'll for a, I know I was just saying that maybe drag Joe what's the date again road trip. sorry October uh, 15th Friday October 15th the Friday October 15th hmm always a possibility yeah yeah I don't know if you can if you have like flex week or whatever on Friday so. <laughs> Yeah, I do have my time. And then I'll take you to my nail place. And then we're uh, oh. back to mass to go inside in New York. Don't tempt us with a good time. Tell, tell, you Kelly will take care place. of you. She's the best. Nice. Kelly's the best. Kelly. Nice. See how, see how she knows the name? Yeah. Shut up, Joe. the best. <laughs> <laughs> He's teasing me because I don't know the name. I, it's pretty bad that you don't, honestly, after a year. <laughs> yeah, I know. No lie. I know. Yeah. True. But I don't treat them. I always tip really good. I don't treat them like, hey, you. I'm not like Karen over here. But I just, I talk to them. I just don't ask names. I, you know what I think? I feel like when I, maybe I'm doing it wrong. I feel like when I ask a name, it almost feels like I'm talking down to them. Like, what's your name? I don't know. I think I'm doing it wrong, but whatever. Anyway. Um, my Eva Mendez moment was super superficial, and I don't care, but whatever. Um, so I have a weird sense of humor, and I find the weirdest things either funny or sexy. And one thing that I find kind of sexy was Mission Impossible 6. Henry Cavill, he got into this fight scene with um, this um, assassin or somebody, and him and Tom Cruise were fighting this guy, and the guy was kicking everybody's ass, but in the middle of it, Henry Cavill took off his sports coat, and he did this, like, thing with his fist. It looked like he was, like, reloading his arm. It was the strangest thing, but I was like, ooh, Hi. And I don't know why, I just thought it was sexy. So, so I made a video of it. It's like five seconds long. And I posted it on TikTok. And then I, I put the title, you know, um, what's a, mo- a, a moment in a movie that was weird, but you, you're attracted to? And I put that in there. It's now at 39,000 views. <laughs> Thirty nine. I don't understand how it went viral, but it did. And it's like, I'm not weird. People are posting, yeah, this is sexy. Yeah, this is a fighting style that they do in Italy. Um, No, you're not weird for thinking this is sexy. It kind of is. And I'm like, okay, I'm not weird. I don't know. I just just thought you had a thing for Jesus. Yeah, that too. I don't know. Henry and oh, yeah. Henry Cobble could oh, blow yeah. his nose and I'm like, Oh my god, he's hot. <laughs> <laughs> oh I forgot. I went I I forgot. In New York they have this thing called the Friends Experience. 
and I got free tickets to that, so I did that this week. That was really fun. Like, What's you can, that? like, reenact, like, yes. Yeah, so you go in, and they have, like, the memorabilia from the show. You can take, like, photos Aww. of iconic moments, like, pivot. Oh. And then, and then like, I did my first Instagram reel. And, like, um, oh it was, like, God. so that's it. They have steps, and it has the song from the theme song, like, the lyrics from the theme song Aww. and the steps. So I posted, like, a video of that with, like, the things I'm mm-hmm. matching it. And it's, like, like my biggest, like, hits on Instagram ever. Like, of crazy. Course. People are, like, friends all over the world, like, obsessed with friends. It's just funny what goes viral and what doesn't. Like, I, there's no rhyme or reason to it. I, I never thought that 39,000 views would come from him just reloading his arm. Like, so it's so weird. It's just so weird what goes viral sometimes. And then your friends think weird. That's weird. Um, before we go, any shout outs, Veronica? Uh, trying to, let me come back. I have to think. Okay. Joe, any shout outs? Yeah, I got two. Uh, first okay. off, shout out to my shout out to my wife. Um, I, I know I like giving her shout outs, but shout out to my wife for uh, for surviving. Of, of, or maybe she enjoyed it. I don't know. A week away from me um, <laughs> while I was in Vegas. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, um, actually, I went to a party at your house, and you didn't know about it. Yeah, that wouldn't that wouldn't surprise me. It's fine. Um, <laughs> I, I'm kind of a buzzkill. I get it. No, you're um, not. So, <laughs> shout out to her for uh, for for putting up with a week without without me there. Um, whether it was good or bad. Um, and then the other shout outs to uh, state of California. Thank you for not. Mm. Thank you for not voting Larry Elder. Thank you for, <laughs> for doing the right thing. <laughs> yeah, or Caitlin. I mean, that was a, that wasn't yeah, very. That's, real a, that's a good shout out. But but honestly, for for all of Gavin Newsom's flaws and the fact that he's, you know, he's made some errors, not nobody's perfect. Mm -hmm. I get it. Um, There's a lot of things that people have the right to be critical about that he does. Um, I think picking someone who is tremendously flawed and, you know, Mm -hmm. downright idiotic idiotic in some of the views that he's espoused would have been. Uh, would have been catastrophic for a state that's really still struggling with COVID and really still struggling with a lot of things with wildfires and just um, you know, the, the immense homeless problem that they have there. The last thing they need is some weird race-baiting idiot getting uh, getting elected governor of the most populous state in the country. So thankfully, uh-huh. thank you, California, for, for, for doing the right thing. You are appreciated. Agreed. Good shout out to have. Um, my shout out goes to the co-host of the chat. Um, they actually ended up making me a permanent guest host. So um, shout out to Casey, Tig, Rodrigo, Chaz, and Alan. If you ever want to know about soap that is the chat for it. They, they do sometimes talk about current events, but it's mostly about soap operas. So it's completely different from this podcast. Um, mostly about soap operas. It's 
their followers are starting to follow me and we've gotten some uh, <laughs> funny comments based on the show. Um, people think that we are like crazy funny. I'm much more mellow on this show than I am on that show. I guess I, I can get a little bit rowdier on that show, which is kind of funny because I'm feeding off of everybody. But I kind of, I don't know. It, it's, a, it's a good show. Um, I, I thank them for welcoming me on, and yeah, it's fun. But I have to um, send you, Joe, this, this picture of this guy. I don't know why, but every time I see him, he looks just like you. Like, he reminds me uh-huh. of you. I don't know why. I don't know why. He's more self-deprecating than you, but he reminds me of you. I don't know. I have to send it to you. But anyway, um, any last words before we sign off, Joe? Oh, I have to do my shout-out. Oh, yeah, that's right. Sorry, I forgot. Go ahead. Uh, so, yeah, anyway, so I want to shout-out to Aerostata, a lot of us in Leviathan Lab for helping me co-produce my reading, and then shout-out to Madam X, uh, which is the bar that we'll be doing the show out because it's like, she was like, I was like, so I want to do a Shakespeare reading. And she's like, oh, that's interesting. But she was like, down with it, which I thought was really cool. Because most bars are like, oh, don't bother us with this stuff. Um, and then shout out to service workers, because I don't know, you hear about um, in New York, this like group from Texas came up and attacked a, a restaurant hostess at, at Carmine's, uh, one of the famous, famous Italian restaurants. And I'm like, these people are just doing their job. So, like, if you can't learn how to behave, just stay home. So, anyways, shout out mm-hmm. to the service workers who don't get paid enough and have to deal with all this nonsense. And I just hope they stay safe and people leave them alone and tip really well, 20% minimum. Mm-hmm. Those people from Texas took the black pill. Yeah, I think they did. I think they definitely took the black pill, and, and they're not creative types. So. No. They're just crazy. Yeah, because they um, were just asking for ID. It wasn't even like, you know, if you didn't stay in Texas where they don't care about that stuff. Don't come infecting right. us. With your crazy Texasness. Um, any last words before we sign off, Veronica? No, just feel like it's always great talking with you two. So I look forward to it every week. So thank you for having me be part uh-huh. of it. Not a problem. Joe, what about you? No, same thing. Thanks again. I, I I love our I love our little Sunday chat. Uh, oh, it's so mellow. I love it. Even when we talk about always, crazy stuff. Yeah, we 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 definitely talk about some crazy stuff, but I like everyone's perspective, and uh, mm-hmm. we always we always keep it respectful, which I love. So mm-hmm. it's always a great Sunday. Always great, great, great prep for, for heading into Monday. That's amazing. Thank you. That's great. Um, echo what Thank we you. both say. And, um, yeah. Like hanging out and chatting with you guys. What can I say? Well, that is all we have time for today. Um, tune in next week. Um, stay safe. Wear a mask. Trust the facts. Get the vac and wash your ass. That's all I got to say. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) Came up with that on the flat. Um, 
I yeah, like and if you haven't everyone. been vaccinated yet, please get vaccinated. Please don't listen to Nicki Minaj. Your balls won't swell. Just get yeah. them back. So that definitely sounds <laughs> yeah. like a real individual personal problem. That is not the vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think it was the vax that made that guy's balls oh, swell. I think. Talking yeah. about tea. Speaking of, do you want to talk quickly tea about Nicki Minaj? Oh, go ahead, please. Apparently, one of my friends is like really smart. He's saying that. He thinks that she did the whole, like, swollen testicle thing to distract from, was it the rape allegations between her and her boyfriend? Like, she's got I some, like, know. scandal going on. So, like, he's like, she did a really good job of covering that up with this, you know, COVID vaccine nonsense. Swollen balls. And her husband didn't register as a sex offender, so now there's a warrant out for his arrest. Like, girl, why? So I'm just like, there's so many not other a, guys out Not there. a fan. Not a fan. Mm. Her song is one of my favorite. Super bass. That's one of my favorite songs of all time. So I'm like looking at her like, I'm gonna have to choose another song. No, she's kidding. Um, yeah. I'll just know something's wrong with her. And does not support women. So. Nope. Not a fan. Yeah, I have. I haven't forgiven her for Chunli. So. Yeah, that was. Pretty terrible, awful, racist song. But yeah, anyway. Okay, well, thanks again for listening, guys. Hope you enjoy your Sunday, and we will talk to you next week. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye, buddy. Still thirsty for more tea? Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Spilled Tea PC. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Spilled Tea.